Okay, this is for real this time. <laughs> We're for real recording. For real, professional. Sound, sound checks are over. Got everything dialed in just right. Sounds real tasty. Uh, welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, the Song by Song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They must be giants. The, the greatest? Gre- <laughs> Come on, Futurama reference. I am the greatest, isn't it? The brains, the brain balls, <laughs> the brain I don't balls, that one. right? Where remember. like Fry, uh, like makes them stupider by like reading poorly. Remember, and they oh, get all yeah. stupid, and then now we must leave Earth for some reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got my wife, Doctor Bukara Canelli, is here <laughs> to talk about the song. I like fun from the album. I like fun. Impatiently I wait to refill my prescription and count the talk of the drugstore clock. Prototype, they say, to combat my affliction. Extra gravity to control me. But that's my fun, and I like fun, and so do you. So the baby finally went to sleep, and we I think. think I think we're good to record. Check the monitor one more time. Uh-oh. She's flailing around. Her arm is moving, but she's not making noise. Is she? No. She she's likes not. fun. That doesn't look good. What? <laughs> <laughs> she's not very good at parkour yet, but give her time. Give. She'll be pretty good at falling down eventually, but now she can't even can't even stand up at this point, so parkour is kind of out of the question. Yes. So, <laughs> so you were last on the Dr. Worm episode, and I think you're again on an equally uh, absurd kind of song, maybe not lyrically. Well, I don't know. It's it's still pretty absurd, but it's it's about yeah. at least a human, we would assume. The, yeah, the, probably. <laughs> right? We would assume. And but. with the way the video is, it definitely makes you assume that it's a, a person yes. that it's about, right? Even though there are some animals in the the video, which we will talk about later. Because I found out the guy that did the video has actually done some other pretty cool videos. So I like fun. The album, uh, you not too long ago told me that you think it's one of the They Might Be Giants albums out of their entire 20 albums that you know better than... Than most, just because... Uh, it was in my car stereo for like t- 
three weeks. <laughs> Kara's Car- just got a CD player, so whenever we get a new CD, which I just we stick it in there, and then right. sometimes I get too lazy to like bring out other CDs, and so I just like listen to it on repeat for like let three it weeks. ride, let it ride. So I know it pretty well, but and I do think it's actually. I mean, I think it's a good album. Oh yeah. And they got good reception for this album. Like sometimes, I mean, they talk about how they they kind of, you know, they kind of operate in their own little world, and they don't really need any sort of critical recognition for their fans to keep loving them. But uh, this album, in particular, seen they they noticed they had been getting more attention for it than the past couple, um, and they weren't even really sure why. Um, though they do say that perhaps this is affected by the political landscape and. The album as a whole, while not directly in the lyrics and such, that the tone of it being a, I mean, not that they haven't had depressing albums before, uh, is, is affected by the shit that is going on in the U.S. politically. They said this? Yeah, how let me... So, uh, how so? I feel me, like okay. I need more explanation there. All right, let me I bring it up. Their songs are not like, you wouldn't, I don't think that any of the songs really you'd listen to and be like, oh, this is obviously a political statement. Right, 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 right. Um, but one thing about their their songs being so open to interpretation is that you can make them political if you want, but here we got... Sure, but I'm saying as far as, like, uh-huh. you know, something that's going to have a direct, like, oh, this is a very political album and right. we're going to listen to right. it. I don't, you could read into it if you want, but by that same token, you could read other things into it as well. Well, okay. So here we're on the wiki, and when asked about the album's subject matter as it relates to current events, John Linnell said that current events affected the album, quote, in a general way, <laughs> but they're not specifically topical songs. Okay. John Flansburg also mentioned the relatively political nature of the album was in line with their previous work on The Else. Now, The Else, from 2007, the president then being George Bush, um, W, The Else is... Another one of their darker albums as a whole has kind of like a grittier rock kind of tone and is one of my favorites of the 2000s. Uh, so similarly, I don't know if they have any albums that are inspired by... Did their albums get cheerier in the Obama era? I don't <laughs> Join Us has a lot of pretty dark songs. So <laughs> All of their stuff is pretty dark. I mean, that's what, we've talked about this before. One of the things that I like about They Might Be Giants is that they can tackle very dark, uh, depressing subjects, and in a very catchy in a very catchy tune. And suddenly you're like singing along to this and not even realizing, yeah. like the sound, yeah. the song sounds happy, <laughs> but if you actually pay attention to the lyrics, they it is not happy at all. Right from their very first album, everybody dies frustrated and sad, and that is beautiful. <laughs> It's like their thesis statement right there, and don't let's start. Uh, well, okay, so they're, they're, the else I remember reading without actually trying to find exactly what I, I read. They were talking about how the else kind of, in retrospect, like they made this whole album, and then they kind of look back on it. They're like, well, this ended up kind of being a dark album, like even from, you know, from their perspective, from their sta- uh, compared to their standards of what is dark. And so then they kind of, after the fact, were, or or as the album was coming to completion, they're like, yeah, I guess, you know, we kind of had a lot of shit on our minds. And these guys are constantly writing songs, so they're looking for inspiration everywhere. But if, uh, uh, you know, you're constantly looking at the news and 
whether it was in 2007 and you're hearing about the war on terror or whatever, or it's uh, 2017, 2018, and you're hearing, you're writing songs for an album and hearing about, uh, well, we don't need to get into all that <laughs> Trumpian bullshit. Uh, so just kind of as a general whole, I think the, uh, the, they're saying that the album um, is a little more political inspired, not necessarily okay. like pointedly political, sure. right? So the song I Like Fun, why did you pick the title track out of uh, the whole album? Um, well, partially I think the I like the video, the <laughs> yeah. music video. And then I just, I think also it's kind of, uh, again, kind of um, illustrates or kind <laughs> of showcases the, a couple of things that I like about They Might Be Giants. One is, you know, talking about depressing things, but in a like very happy sounding, like I already explained. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the other one is their kind, their unusual instrumentation, which I do like in this one as well. And that you wouldn't necessarily even notice it that much when you're just listening because it's a good song. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's just to use weird... Like, there are some bands, for example, that will use a weird instrument and you're like, what is this doing here? And then they they overuse it or something, you know, and you're like, okay, why do you continually have this weird instrument just for the weirdness of it? What came to mind immediately was when you said that was the Arcade Fire using a hurdy-gurdy on stage on SNL. Uh-huh. <laughs> the hurdy-gurdy, for those unfamiliar, being a very odd instrument. With It's a string instrument, a bowed string instrument, where you do not actually hold the bow. You turn a crank, and it basically rotates this whole thing against a stationary bow and bows the instrument. It's a very weird thing. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say they've overused it. Um, no. but But just being like, let's have this on stage in front of a national audience right. on SNL is like, hey, look at us. I mean, and we both like Arcade Fire. But I, I get I, I get your point. So, But anyway, it has kind of unusual instrumentation, but I feel like it's done very well, and you wouldn't necessarily even be like, oh, what's the weird instrumentation? Because it's just like a, an interesting song, too, but it adds something to it. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. What does it have? The, what does it have? A contra bait? Contra uh, alto clarinet. Contra alto, yeah. Which was a weird name. And then like the when use I first of vocals that. also is kind of. I mean, they're almost used. Oh, as, we're going to talk as, about that uh, <laughs> as a instrument as well. Yep, and that's a whole nother bag of worms, right? Yep, that's a whole nother bag of worms. We'll get to. Let's talk about the contra alto clarinet. Because uh, when I first, and I mean, I'm a I'm a band director and I have a music degree, but the contra alto clarinet is not something you see every day. You'll see <laughs> no. the bass clarinet, the contra bass clarinet. But you're not going to see the contra alto a whole lot. You're not going to see the sub contra bass clarinet a whole lot. They're just kind of ridiculous instruments. Now, the contra alto clarinet, to me, I'm like contra. You know, you're usually thinking like lower, but then alto means high and like you know a higher pitch thing. So I'm like, what is it? It sounds like uh, I'm allergic to oxymorons. <laughs> uh, the, you're not getting my references here, or you just don't <laughs> care. <laughs> you know what that's from. We're getting married. Um, well, I hope you're not serving jumbo shrimp because I'm allergic to oxymorons. Is it Stella? Close enough. What? How American oh. <laughs> Come on. I actually thought that references. this was a bassoon when I heard it. 
Really? I don't yeah. know if it has that reedy enough double reedy it sound. Sounds but, pretty but reedy. It well, yeah, it is a reed instrument, but not to double. Uh, I know, so, but, well, so I'm yeah. just telling you when I when I heard it for the first time, I thought maybe it was a bassoon. Sure, I, I assumed it like was a, a bass, bass clarinet. Bas- is there a bass bassoon or something like that? I, <laughs> I think there's only one kind of bassoon. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't um, matter. But yeah, I. T- if there's a bigger bassoon, I've never seen but it. But it's kind of unusual to have that and then to have it featured so prominently. Right. Well, what's... I mean, just to have it at all, but there's not a lot of contra bass or solos out there. I need to look up because... Or even... contra alto... I'm sorry. Contra alto clarinet solos. Well, I need to look. Is there a marching version of the contra alto clarinet? Because what we saw Linnell playing, when we saw him on stage playing it, I was like, oh, he's going to get out... You know, the bass clarinet, and then he whips out this thing that's like just, just like a whole oval, like the mouthpiece goes up and then down and then comes back up to the bell. I'm like, what the crap is that? And I think they mentioned, uh, Flansburg was like, uh, John's got to get his uh, Contra Alto clarinet. I'm like, he's just joking. There's no such thing as that. Or like, what is that name? Contra Alto. I'm like, what? The Contra Alto clarinet is, a, is higher pitched than the Contra bass clarinet. So I think it's lower than a bass clarinet but higher than a contrabass clarinet. It's pitched in the key of E-flat rather than B-flat, which a normal clarinet would be B-flat for anyone who cares. Uh, I'm going to play a little clip for you. I found a live uh, version from earlier in the year that mainly I want to play for the intro where Flansburg, uh, who is pretty good at stage banter, I must say. Both of them are. With Flansburg, he's, he's more of the talker, uh, has, has a little introduction to the contra alto clarinet. So uh, check this out. Thank you for coming to our show, people. The second set is just is all hits. Hard hitting hits featuring the contra alto clarinet, ladies and gentlemen. The hitmaker. We call it the hitmaker. When you, when you need, when you're recording a track and you're thinking, I don't think this is going to work at radio. It's a great song, but I'm not sure it would work at radio. Hitmaker! Hitmaker. He points out. Hitmaker. Here's another song. I'm trying to remember what the name of the song is, John. I don't have a set list in front of me. Can you tell me? I, I know I don't have to mess, I just have to remember what it is. I think this trumpet's doing the vocal backing. So they showed the trumpet dude back there with a mute. Well, there's definitely trump- muted trumpet on the track. No, but listen. Right. But that's the that's the vocal in the track. That was that was trumpet. He's uh, playing with a severely muted there trumpet. Is muted trumpet though on the track. There is as well. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. Um so that's that's funny. I really like the the sound of the clarinet in here and and the track has no guitar, no bass guitar. The track, the credits are only Contra alto clarinet, trumpet, and drums, and, and then vocals. vocals. Okay. Now, 
to get to the vocals. The vocals are not any of the Johns. The vocals are a sample. Except for the main. The main vocal is John yeah, Flansburg. Yeah. The background vocals, the haws, that is not recorded by them. That is a sample of the musician Jack Bruce, who is most famously the bassist in uh, was the bassist in Cream and also had a bunch of other bands and oh. a solo career. And uh, he was dead when they recorded the album. So how, how, how do you say that they did this? Well, he had recorded a... Uh, he was into using the Mellotron back in the day when it was very popular. The Beatles used a lot of Mellotron. And the Mellotron is essentially an uh, archaic kind of sampler where you'd feed tape into it and the Mellotron would play the tape back at different speeds depending on what piano key you pressed to play a different pitch of the same tape. And here I'm even looking at uh, Jack Bruce, his own Mellotron was up in, for Sotheby's auction after he died in 2014 and went up for auction in 2015, complete with a road case. This is Jack Bruce Band, London. Uh, and it also came with four reels of tape featuring the vocal samples of Jack Bruce. When he was into the Mellotron, he was making his own samples. He was actually a trained classical cellist. He made samples of himself playing the cello. He made samples of himself singing. And you can find these samples online. And I did. So we're going to listen to one right now. this is what they used? This is what he used. Basically, Flansburg, uh, they have a Mellotron. Yeah, I guess I'll read this little uh, the thing on the wiki first, because um, that's a pretty big part of this song. Uh, okay. He talks a little bit about the Mellotron. Um, so on I Like Fun, there's this is Flansburg, there's a vocal Mellotron that's a homemade vocal sample created by Jack Bruce of Cream. Bruce made a simple set of sounds of him singing. So when you play a chord, you have a choir of yourself playing these notes. The sampler is reanimating Jack Bruce. Huh. Uh, these sound libraries are available online. So I went and <laughs> found it. It's super weird. <laughs> and, yes. And on um, if you go to Mellotron.com, they have a bunch of Mellotron sounds you can listen to, including one that's just called Jack Bruce. <laughs> so we're going to listen to this. It's 14 seconds long. Let's do it. It's just the same. It's the same recording used at different speeds in order uh-huh. to make it lower, or higher pitched. Yes, and, and then basically mm-hmm. those are put into the keyboard, and depending on what note, you're just listening to his yep. vocal with different effects on it's it. It's just him like singing one note, whatever the original note wow. may have been. Well, I would never would have guessed that. D- I, <laughs> I had no idea playing different notes on the keyboard. I didn't even know what keyboard. a mellotron was. So him going ha ha ha. Oh, that's just the same vocal sample being played at different speeds, essentially. Um, Yeah, uh, Beatles use it most famously on Strawberry Fields Forever. Like, the flute sounds are actually not flutes being recorded in the studio. It's a flute sample played on a Mellotron. Mm. Um, Now, Nord, the keyboard manufacturer, has made available a whole bunch of Bruce's... uh, Mellotron stuff available as, like, a digital thing you can use on the Nord keyboard. That is the same stuff that They Might Be Giants was using in digital form huh. that you can get on your Nord keyboard. So now you want a Mellotron, don't you? 
I can't afford it. <laughs> no, I mean, that would be so cool. So the Sotheby's auction, I can't, I guess it must have been I private. how much it sold for, yeah. Yeah, I Googled it. I couldn't find it. The estimate was between, is this British pounds? Is that what that is? Great Britain I GBP? Think so. so between 5,000 and 7,000 uh, pounds, I guess, okay. is what it was going that for. That doesn't seem ridiculous to me. So what, what would that I be, mean, like $3,000? I mean, pounds are like no, two. No, pounds are more. So that's like ten thousand dollars. Okay, so that's pretty crazy, especially coming with the original no, tapes. Well, yeah, I and mean, the road case. It's a lot, but it's not like half a million dollars yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. So there's what the Mellotron looks like. Um, pretty cool, like almost like a mid-century modern kind of looking instruments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just very. This one's very classic Cream, which makes <laughs> he was in the band Cream. Uh, it's probably a coincidence. <laughs> a cream color Mellotron. It's like a white, it's black and white, white. Yeah. black and white. Um, it's like a box, basically, with like a keyboard stuck on front. Yeah. So here's like here's the NordKeyboards.com site where you can get if any of you happen to have a Nord out there, you can download the Bruce cello samples, the Bruce viola samples, the. Huh. So yeah, like the band Yes, the band Roxy Music, they've all these kind of Mellotron samples that were unearthed in um, Birmingham in England. Some some like stash of these tapes was found not that long ago, hmm. so this is kind of a new. Um, well, I'm not sure how recent because this Mellotron.com site looks pretty archaic. Yeah, it does. internet, but um, <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, like un- probably like 30 years after the fact, they were unearthing them. I mean, you know, right? Yeah, so that's it's pretty interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes me like the song even more. I mean, just because it's very. Innovative. Interesting, yeah, yeah, an innovative way of using that. Technique. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, cool instrumentation. So let's even talk cooler about... than I thought it was. And <laughs> yeah. I already thought it was cool. And it's so just stripped down; like it really makes the most of what they're using. There's only right. It, it seems, there's only it three very live instruments. Yeah. yeah, drums, contralto, clarinet, and trumpet are the only instruments. And then you've got a. I mean, if you want to call it a real vocal, Flansburg's vocal, and then a pre-recorded Mellotron vocal, and that's it. There's a lot of empty space, which almost there makes is. it seem yeah. like more like haunting in a way, mm-hmm. like the silence well, the, that's in there. Those the Mellotron vocals also are kind of haunting, <laughs> like. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and ideally he'd be using them like he'd use them in his own band. I think like to chord out like huge harmonies, like to like to mm-hmm. harmonize with himself, basically. Mm-hmm. I think is what they'd use it for. Um, not to be like singled out, like oh, just right there because it, it sounds right. kind of spooky. Which like this is what the they're doing, and they might be giants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very they might be giants thing to do to just stick the weirdest sound just right out in front. Uh, so the video, so I mentioned, yeah, the video. I want to talk about the video, but I was gonna also ask you: Do you think that their videos are their interpretations of the song, or do you think that there's not necessarily always a correlation between... Because, you know, you could have a lot of... Like, I've seen videos before where you're like, wait, this video mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the content of the song. Right. And a song that is more obviously about something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the song is about, although I do see... You know, when I saw the video, then I thought, oh, yeah, well, it did kind of illuminate certain aspects of the drugs. lyrics for me. Yeah. You're talking about drugs. Yeah, drugs. Yeah, yeah. prescription drugs, yeah. specifically. Well, right. It made right me think the that bat. the song is more about, um, 
like the difficulties of growing old kind of uh-huh. and uh you know right at yeah. the age of 58 right yeah i mean which yeah that's in the lyrics but like also i mean they don't they do say prescription drugs to, in the uh, to refill my, my prescription my yeah. prescription yeah right um to combat my affliction right extra gravity to control me but that's my fun so and i like fun yeah so i mean <laughs> or kind of about riddling here it sounds like like he i mean he that needs could be a lot to of keep different... him from leaping away right. and being good at parkour like he's kind of hyper or something and he needs the his affliction is he needs extra gravity. He needs he needs to be under well, control. Well, it could be a lot of different things. I mean, he says he needs it to be under control, but that's his fun is that he wants to float away and leap away and do parkour at the age of 58. Well, that's one interpretation <laughs> of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could be or it could be saying, I mean, it could be kind of ironic statement, that's my fun and I like fun. The drugs are yeah, the fun? Yeah. The drugs, yeah. yeah. Mhm control me sure sure i like fun so do you <laughs> as yeah. we float away and then there's floating in the video up to heaven basically <laughs> right towards the end yeah l- let's just skip through some visuals in the video so we're not forgetting anything uh i like fun so i don't know if i would have gotten all f- all of that from the song if i hadn't seen the video also I'll, also visually it is very interesting too it's kind of that squiggle squiggle vision vision is what i call it back yeah. from dr katz was the first cartoon to use that and then home movies was not long after that um and i'll talk about the guy that made the video in a minute but let's just talk about the video so there's he's waiting behind this old lady he seems impatient he's watching the clock which has a mouth he needs his drugs his pupils start getting really big as he's looking at his pills he's ready to get them and his pills have Faces, on faces. They're the singing. <laughs> yeah, they're singing. Yeah, he's drooling. It's Jack Bruce. Yeah, he's salivating at the thought of these pills. Or, I is he salivating at that, or is the are the pills making him a zombie? A zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Because then the pill turns into a skull, <laughs> and it affects the cat too. Right. Poor kitty. And then they basically die. They both hallucinate. Their heads fall off. Well, they're like it's like a it's like an acid trip. Right? They will turn into yeah. a clown, like a clown fish and a cat, and their heads pop up and they float up to planet fun. No food or drink permitted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, then they hear, happy birthday, floating heads. And the magician comes out and talks about parkour. <laughs> the headless parkour person in the back. There's so much going on in this video. And then the rabbit turns into a taco, and then his head's a pinata. There's really a lot going on here. out. The par- <laughs> number one parkour magazine. So it does seem like kind of like a fun little drug trip, and then it it takes an even darker turn. I mean, kind of a weird drug trip, but then it gets really dark towards the end. So the pills right, start getting bigger. Look a little bit more evil. Yeah, they, they get mean <laughs> eyebrows. The guy's crying. The magician <laughs> explodes, and then his skeleton lights on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I think we return to the yeah. Okay, the pinata busts out blood, blood gushing out his head. (laughs) People at the birthday party are now horrified. And then they disappear, and the 
then the they couch light on fire. Burns things up. Start yeah, everything, combusting. everything starts burning. Planet <laughs> fun. Yeah. <laughs> the entire planet is burning. It's burning. Oh, the kitty's head, and it's a skull, and then it's dust. Incinerated. And he's crying. <laughs> so and is this all in his head, or did the drugs actually kill him? Uh, I don't know. And now he's in a coffin, <laughs> and he's yeah. a skeleton. Right. Now he's under the ground, and his... So, <laughs> so he dies. Now you're in heaven, I think... You know, he died. And there's his kitty. Oh, his kitty died too. And now he's tears of joy seeing his kitty again. Yeah, and then it shows him back at, like, (laughs) in the drugstore, and his head is, like, smashed open on the ground. (laughs) And it's, like, just like like a split second thing. Like, it's, like, less than a second long. It's like, oh, there he is. He's dead. He's bleeding out of his mouth. (laughs) Oh, a lot going on there. I like fun, but the video is. Incredibly dark. He dies, basically, <laughs> to wrap it up. So the guy that made this, is, uh, that animated it, is Jordan Cull. And you were talking about v- videos like whether they th- – this video, from what I read, and I'm having trouble finding the source again, they do not have as much input as to, into this one as a lot of their videos. And, I mean, especially in the 80s and 90s, like they were very, like, control freaks about every aspect of them, their aesthetic visually and musically. Um, but with this one, it sounds like they just let this guy Joran Cole kind of just make of it what he w- what he would, and I think Joran Cole is the one that turned it into this whole story that we just basically like walked through mm-hmm. uh, and expanded the story of the lyrics into and made it even darker. I mean, the guy definitely gets they might be giants aesthetic by making it look fun. It's a cartoon. Oh, look, it's so cute, and then it goes horribly wrong. Now, this guy has made some other cool music videos. Not only, I knew the style looked familiar. He's done videos for Pitchfork. They do these brief history of, he's done a brief history of Emo, which mm-hmm. I've watched, a cartoon uh, with like a, a voiceover by um, whoever at Pitchfork. He does a lot of his own little cartoons, it looks like, that probably are pretty funny and dark. They kind of look like it. Here's one that I think Marin should watch. It's called Hand Jobs. Let's learn sign language. <laughs> and it's <laughs> captioned an unhelpful tutorial teaching sign language to children, which I think What does that mean? Is not for kids. Should we watch it? Not right now. It sounds but. like it's it's not for kids, but it's something that Marin has a sense of humor about. I think she'd appreciate it. Some sort of fake sign language. A brief history history of Radiohead, um, brief history of God. This is my by the way, my my friend huh? who is who is hard of hearing. is hard hard of hearing and knows sign language so yes <laughs> and is i mean she's a very big proponent for you know the rights and uh, of of disabled people including those hard of hearing mm-hmm. um but here he's done a Jeff Rosenstock video which looks like there's oh, a dead, I was actually going to oh no a I dead guy outside a pizza that, yeah. place oh that's funny <laughs> so i i haven't seen that um but i will definitely be watching that so He's involved with some cool, uh, well, if you want to call Pitchfork cool, whether you hate them or like them, they are tastemakers, and he's down with the Pitchfork. Jeff so, Rosenstock, so the question very cool, is, do you and they think, might be giants. Do you think that that video then is not necessarily what the song is about? I, I'd say no. Like I was saying, I think they, they just kind of put it in the hands of, of uh, Joran Cull and let him kind of uh, expand the story. and. From I'm, and I couldn't find where I was reading this before, but yeah, they were talking about. Um, oh, it might have been in this Google Talks interview, but it's like a 50 minute interview. I'm not gonna be able to find the quote right now. But 
something about how uh, they decided not to be hands-on with this one in particular and mm-hmm. just see what kind of came back. And, uh, and they were very pleasantly surprised at how it came out. So, mm. you know, I, and it sounds like Jordan, Jordan Cull kind of took it, a, you know, a little literally because he's waiting there at the, <laughs> the drugstore. Right. Uh, but then really went nuts with it. <laughs> but I don't think it's that far off from what the content of the no, lyric. I mean, no. there's definitely the Just possibility the at least of interpreting the song that it is about kind of, uh, you know, your Growing failing old? body. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he dies, so his um, body was failing. Failing body or, you know... He died also before about he got his drugs. drugs. I mean, also about like prescription drugs and how we're all all like over-medicated, mm-hmm. basically. And well, but I get. I think he needed the medication, at least according to the video's interpretation of it, because he doesn't get his medicine. He like he dreams about this whole drug trip. Maybe like he's like, oh, I can't wait to get these drugs, and they make me right. feel so good. But then he dies before he gets to the counter. He's behind the lady at the counter when he right. dies. He hasn't gotten his drugs. He needed them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, so, uh, do you want to move on to covers? I only found two. Sure. Okay, now the first one is what I would typically call not a cover. It's a newer song, so it makes sense that there's not as many covers. It's still less than a year old at the time yeah. of recording this. Now, here, we go. they might be giants. I like fun. Bass cover. There is no bass guitar in this song. So he is doing a little <laughs> something with it by playing the bass guitar, which is not in the song. He essentially plays along with the contra alto clarinet part, but just listening to it with a bass guitar on it is kind of neat. So let's just listen to a, a few seconds of this. This guy is <laughs> simply the greatest band. Uh, Sub Kilohertz Oscillations is the YouTube channel. And it's got 235 views. Let's let's give it another thumbs up. Why not? Let's help the guy out. <laughs> Here we go. I like fun bass cover. He's just playing a, along with it. Right, but it gives it a little different tone having an actual instead of the contra bass or what is it contra alto contra alto. I mean, it's an interesting line. You can see how much his hands moving around. Oh yeah, so he's just playing the bass, the contra alto part Mm -hmm. on bass. Yeah. All right. Okay, that adds a little a little different texture into it. So, well, I don't know if I'd call that a cover either. Yes, he is doing something new. Something that but an, an instrument that's not in the original. One instrument, yeah. So I know, that, that's a gray area. I'm going to cut him some slack for that. Bass cover, I don't know, but yeah. but he plays the bass in a song that has no bass. He does, yeah. So. Okay, now here's the only legit cover. Though you they might would, be little giants. They might be little giants. This is Nick Hopper. I like fun trap remix. Okay. So I guess remixes and covers are kind of you know similar. Uh, I'm going to count it as the cover section. So, again, I don't know why SoundCloud doesn't have its own volume bar, but this was pretty loud when I played it. If you want to just keep your finger on there. You ready for this? Yeah. So he's added in some 
happening? <laughs> I can't hear you at all. I said so he's added in some other samples or something. The hey. Well, hey. He, he's essentially. That's not in the original, right? That's no, 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 no. No, the trap remix now. So Nick Copper says, this is on his SoundCloud. I made this in a few hours for shits and giggles. I love They Might Be Giants and have been working on trap beats in my spare time, so I thought I'd have some fun and make this delightfully devilish track for you all. Now, I think, I don't know much about trap music, but I think like those kind of haze and like little vocal things are kind of considered part of the beat. Okay. Like those haze are like part of the beat. Hey, hey, they're on like the, you know, the off beats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of fun, but then it gets to... There are parts in the original where, I mean, maybe this was recorded partially to a click track, but there are some kind of free time sections. Let me jump it ahead a little bit, because there's parts where it doesn't make as much sense. My excellence at is not to be discounted as I leap away. So the parts in the original where there's those really big gaps, mm-hmm. it sounds kind of awkward there. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's pretty fun. It's a guy just like, I'm working on my beats. So mm-hmm. he, he picked a pretty interesting song to do it. And for a song that's so sparse, to put just like this big thundering drums in to fill in the space, it gives it a very different feel. I thought for it was sure. pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun. Yeah, this guy doesn't seem to be like any big name or anything. This only has 100 plays on it. Yeah. Okay. So that's now one hundred and one. <laughs> so that's all I got for covers. I couldn't find anything on Bandcamp. Nothing. Just nothing on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, well, it's so new. So yeah. Um, it's kind of a sneaky song. Like the first time you hear, it, you're like, wait, what is this? But then it kind of gets stuck in your in your head. Yeah. And you start kind of. When like, I first least, heard it, I didn't yeah, really like it. Right. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you first hear it and you're like, oh, what is this? You're like, it's weird because the instrumentation it sounds very sparse. Like it's not very lush, you know, or anything. And it doesn't. I don't know. It just sounds weird. But then I don't know. For me at least, it definitely grew on me. And mm-hmm. then I found myself humming it and singing it. My excellent at parkour <laughs> has like weird intervals too. Very That's weird, weird intervals. intervals. But something about it ended up sticking with me, and <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a song like in the great Flansburg tradition of rabid childs and chess piece faces, where it's dark <laughs> and weirdly instru- the instrumentation is bizarre. Uh, I mean, it's definitely something that makes this album, I think, help them get some, you know, critical acclaim on this one from, you know, snobby music critics. Because you hear this and you're like, well, this is what in, in, in 2018, what other song is like this? None. I mean, not just 2018. <laughs> how could yeah. <laughs> right? How could there possibly be anything to compare this to that was released? It, it's just so bizarre. Like, you're not going to be like, like, if you're writing a review, tap, 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 uh, let's compare this to, you know, like any rock band that has guitar, bass, and drums, you can find something to compare mm-hmm. them to. But this, it's like, what can you compare to other than other They Might Be Giant songs? 
it's it's a they might be giant song it could be no one else it is yeah, yeah. so uh yeah should we wrap it up i can yeah is there anything else no i think i think we're good 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 tune good I tune I the things i wanted to say about it the things that you wanted to say uh what are you going to score this song what did i give dr worm i can't remember dr worm yeah i, I think, think you gave it a nine. nine yeah i think you just went a straight nine i say a 7.5 yeah that's 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 about where i'm gonna fall too because we've i mean we spent all this time saying how creative and, and great it is but i uh, one other way I, I when i'm scoring is i try to think like would it make a top 10 mix playlist would it make a top 20 probably not like top 100 so songs yeah, I, yeah. they have 800 songs would it make a I top think it's 100 a good song. maybe i like it i enjoy yeah. it i wouldn't skip through it like yeah, I, I, like yeah. I, like i said it kind of gets stuck in your head and gets stuck in your I enjoy craw. it mm-hmm. um i think it's a good song on the album it's probably one of my top songs on that album it's it's so, a I mean, standout for sure five it's good i mean yeah. like i feel like that's a pretty good it's a solid yeah yeah for sure grade. it does stick out in the album i mean not just for being the title track but in a band that makes a lot of weird songs and an album that has a lot of weird and dark songs this one stands alone even amongst yes. the, their other weird songs it is the weirdest on so you're the saying album. a 7.5 as well <laughs> i think um i gotta leave a lot of room for for songs i really really like i'm just i'm gonna go seven seven it's yeah. it's a great song but it's not Again, it wouldn't make uh, it, it would make a top one hundred of they might be giants maybe, but maybe yeah. uh, I they have like so all their songs, songs so much. Heart, yeah. For me, a seven for they might be giants is really really good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think: is there anything I would give a one to? I don't know. I'd have to really dig. <laughs> but the seven. whole scale is off. <laughs> it's this is a tough job. You know, it's a tough job. It's not curved. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm really really doing the Lord's work here. <laughs> Okay, so that'll do it for another uh, episode of This Might Be a Podcast. You can find us on the social medias. With all That's where all the kids are hanging out these days, on the Facebook. No, that's the old people now, but we're on there. Facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. Email us at uh, This Might Be a Pod at Gmail. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. 224-801-2930 leave a voicemail for me to play on a future episode and if you'd like to donate to the patreon patreon.com slash this might be a podcast i got some cool rewards on there if you give me 50 dollars, i will cover they might be giant song of your choice so if you want to hear an actual cover of i like fun give me 50 bucks i'll do it i'll, I'll, I'll do it on something weird i don't have a country alto clarinet so i'll play it on something else so, uh, honey, thanks for being on the podcast again. <laughs> All right. What, what's that baby doing? Is she sleeping? Okay, then we can relax and I'm going to hit sure. stop. Bye-bye. It comes as quite a surprise, but not to you. We fly.